0: Family, what's up? You guys good? Awesome. Well, hey, I am Chase. I am the high school central pastor here, and I am pumped to be with you guys tonight. You guys look good. Glad you're here. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but hey, if you're new here for the very first time, I've actually met a few of you, um, and it's awesome to be able to meet you. But if I have not met you, and maybe you're scared to kind of uh, introduce yourself or whatever, don't be scared. Okay, it's fine. I, I'm I'm pretty approachable guy, right? And so here at age 12, um, we have we have this handshake that we're doing, and it's kind of catching on. I'm, I'm liking it. Are you guys like it's a thing now, right? It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, if you don't know, I need, uh, real quick, they, they beg me to come up here, uh, Alicia Squared, come on, real quick, Yep. Yeah. So, before we begin all of this, they, they got it, if you're new, you need to watch them really fast, do this handshake, because if you meet me, this is what's going to happen, okay? So, we call this the three claps and a snap, all right? Take it away. Ready? What's up? All right, that was, that was, all right, one more time. One, two, three, there you go. Give them a round of applause, that's good. Yeah. So you're welcome. They begged me to come up here, so that's fine. Um, hey, it's, uh, it's good to be here. We are in week three of Identity Crisis. Um, I hope you guys are really enjoying the series. Um, it's been a good one. And uh, tonight I'm excited to to conclude uh, this series that we've been talking about. So I got a question for you as we begin. How many of you right in this very moment, in this room, your bedroom is an absolute mess? If it is, just make some noise. Just make some noise. Loud, yes, loud and proud, right? Loud and proud. You are, your bedroom is a wreck right now and your mom could probably kill you, but it's fine, it's, it's fine. Um, so I have a follow-up to that. How many of you have heard from your parents, hey, you can't go anywhere until you clean your room? Make some noise, yeah, yeah. Um, so here's the deal. Let's face it, since your parents are not in here, you guys are pretty busy. I mean, uh, let's yeah. You guys got a you know jam packed schedule. Listen, I I was in high school. I got up. I got up early in the morning, and then you gotta you gotta go to class, and then then after class you gotta go to work, and then then after work you try to get home, and you try to you know you, you have to take a shower, and then you gotta do homework, then you gotta eat, and then by then it's like one a.m. You're like, I don't have a life, right? And so you're like, Mom, Dad, when am I ever going to clean my room and be able to do anything? Yeah, all right? But here's the deal. You cannot ever say that to your parents because they are 10 times as busy as you are, okay? Um, and that's just the reality of it. He's a leader. Come on. Amen. Um, but so here's the deal. You have a messy room, right? I had a messy room in in high school. And and. I, I would <laughs> I would get home, I would take, you know, my backpack off, my I'd throw my books, I had this chair, and and, and then I would like there was some food probably in there, like some snacks at like 10 30, 11, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then like you, you you had like drop spots and so like I had a desk as well and I would put stuff on that and like mail would accumulate and papers would accumulate that's been graded and like you get it. And then there was the closet, and like that's a whole nother story. Like your closet is like it, here's the deal, like my closet, there was like stuff everywhere. Like in the, in the bottom of it, I don't even, like shoes were everywhere, I could never find my shoes. I'm like, gosh, okay. Um, and then my favorite thing though, was the top of my closet. Because the top of my closet became a game to me. Like I would like throw things up there and like pray that they would, it would just all stay, you know? Like that it wouldn't fall over and I had to clean it all back up. You, you get it, right? You understand. And let's be honest, the mess in your room, you know, your parents ask you, hey, you got to clean up the mess before you leave. You leave at seven o'clock, right? You have to go somewhere at seven o'clock. Either you're going to see your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you're hanging out with friends, whatever it is, right? Um, or family members are coming over. That's when mom really gets, gets, gets mad. Clean up your room, you know. Um, but so you're headed out at seven, right? When do you start cleaning up your room? 6.30. Yeah, you got 30 minutes to clean that beast up. You got 30 minutes to clean that beast up. And, and here's, here's, the, here's the reality of it. You start to just stuff things and hide things and cover up things. Yes. It's like I'm reading your mind, right? It's like I'm in your room. It's weird, right? And so this is what I would do. I would have to leave at 7 and I would start at 6.30 and I would like, you know, do one of these numbers under my bed and like make sure my, all this stuff in my desk, I would just continue to stuff it in the drawers. And then in the closet, like I had these closet doors that opened, like you just open them like this and they kind of folded to um, each side and they would never like fully shut flat because there was stuff in the closets. Um, and your mom, you're like, hey mom, I'm done. And then she would come down into to your room and, and, and peek her head in, you know, she would never like fully investigate um, maybe, okay, my mom didn't, maybe yours did, I'm sorry um, My mom's cooler than yours, no, I'm just kidding um, So uh, she would pick her head and she would be like, hey, like it's, it's okay, it looks good, right? So it had the appearance of being clean But yet in reality, it was not clean We, we kind of hid and covered up the mess and, and, and we made this room that was really actually messy look clean. You see, tonight as I started thinking about uh, messy rooms and, and just a mess, uh, mess in general, messy things, I think oftentimes, and, and what I want to talk about tonight is, is that, and this is, this is the first thing on your notes, is that we cover up what we can't clean. We cover up what we can't clean. And so I'm just curious tonight. I want you to yell out on the count of three just your favorite spot to just hide stuff, okay? So on the count of three, let me hear you. Just yell it out. One, two, three. All right, so overwhelming closet was the answer, right? Overwhelming closet was the answer. So we have the mess in our room, right? And that's kind of funny. Like we we can laugh, we can joke about that. But there's another side, not only to the mess in our room, but we have a mess in our life too, right? Life gets messy. And tonight as we continue to unpack this word mess, this word mess can be translated. You can translate mess to sin, okay? So I, I, want, you to, I want you to, so if, I, if I'm saying the word mess, It means sin, okay? Sin, mess, mess, sin. Got that? Cool. So I have a question that I want us to think about tonight as we continue. And I think it's a significant question. And that question is, what do you do when you have a mess in your life? What is your initial reaction to the mess in your life, to the sin in your life, to to maybe the things that you struggle with, that you deal with? What do you do with it? Because we all do something with the mess. And we will all have messes, we will have sin in our life, right? You see, in fact, from the very beginning, from the very beginning of this series and from the very beginning of the world, we were kind of born into the mess, right? If, if you know anything about scripture, anything about the Bible, you know that it all started with Adam and Eve, that we were born into sin. Romans 3.23 says this. It says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And like we talked about in week one, our identity is broken. Our identity is broken. You see, we were not just sinners. We're not just sinners by nature, but we're sinners by choice. So we were born into sin from the very beginning of time. And we're gonna talk about actually the story of Adam and Eve and how all that unfolded here in just a minute. But this whole series, we have been driving this point home that our identity, it drives our activity. Our identity drives our activity. And when I think about the mess in our life, I think about the sin in our life, we, we react to that stuff. What do we do? I started thinking about my own life. And I started to think about some of the messes that I've encountered through, through, through my time just here on earth. And the sin that I've faced. And I've came up with two things that, that, I, that I do. And I think that you do too. And Adam and Eve actually did those same things. And the first one is this. Remember, we cover up what we can't clean. So I think our first initial reaction is we try to clean it up. We try to clean it up. By the way, I'm awesome at diagrams, if you didn't know. I mean, <laughs> look at that arrow. <laughs> um, so what do I mean by clean it up? What do I mean by, by clean it up? See, I think sometimes we, we like to hide the mess, you know? Like, like when we clean our room, we like to hide the mess. We like to cover things. And I think that's the same thing with our life. Is that the sin in our life, the mess in our life, we try, we try to clean it up. We, we try to get rid of it on our own. We, we try to handle it, right? And we want to put on this front, like, hey, we're good. Like, I'm clean. I've been there. I've done that. Like, I'm clean. Like, I got this. Like, I'm not struggling with that. No, 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 no. I, it, we're clean. We're good. Like, some of you were trying to clean up as you walked in these doors tonight. You were trying to clean up the mess, the sin in your life before you entered this place. And, and there's actually, it talks about it in scripture in Matthew 23, 25. It, it says this, it says, Jesus is talking to, to teachers of the law and he's talking to Pharisees. And these guys like to be clean. They like to have everything together. They like to follow the rules. And so here's what Jesus, Jesus says to them. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law. And Pharisees, you hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, and, but the inside, they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Dang, Jesus. Like, he just called these guys out. Like, like you, you try to clean it up, but here, let me tell you what's important. What's important is not really what's on the outside of the dish. For example... If I wash dishes for my wife and I clean just the outside of of the dish and I leave what was the meal that night for, you know, later, whenever she picks up that certain dish and she thinks, oh man, this dish is like, oh, it's clean, it's good, whatever. And then she picks it up, she looks inside, guess who's going to be in trouble? Me, right? (laughs) There's going to be a problem. So we, we try to create this front and this appearance, but, but Jesus specifically says, he said, hey, the inside is what matters. And so we, we I, and I think we, we give a value effort sometimes of we just try to clean it up, clean it up, clean it up, clean it up. But maybe you were never meant to actually clean it up. You ever thought about that? Maybe it's not your responsibility to clean up the mess, So here's the thing. I want you to look to your neighbor and say, hey, look to your left and say, you can't clean it up. Look to your right and say, you can't either. And here's the thing I think as we try to continue to clean it up and clean it up, it gets exhausting. It gets exhausting. And, the, and in fact, what happens is that the mess really never goes away, it just comes back and then it gets bigger and bigger. It finds its way out again, and yet we're, we, we find ourselves cleaning up the same mess. The second thing I think we try to do is we try to cover it up. If, if cleaning it up doesn't work, we're relentless, we don't want nobody to know So we try to cover it up. So we have the mess in our life, the sin in our life. So we try to clean it up personally. We, we try to clean it up. And then if that doesn't work, we try to cover it up. You ever been there? We try to cover it up. Let me tell you a story. I, I, was, I was in Panama City Beach with, uh, yeah, woo, um, Panama City Beach and with my best friend Jordan, right? And we actually went to the beach with our small group leader, he was awesome. Small group leaders, there you go, that's some pressure. I'm just kidding. No, um, <laughs> it was probably a really dumb idea. But anyways, we went to the beach and uh, like we got, we arrived to the beach, it was a beach house, we had a pool, it was awesome. And uh, there, there was like some rules, he, he just said, hey, um, and I remember this, this is what he said, he said, before you use anything in the basement, let me know because there's a list of what we can and can't use. Okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. We're not even worried about the basement at this point. It's day 1. Like we're we're ready to go to the beach and talk to some ladies and you know, do that sort of thing and then we were like, "All right, let's go." Like, uh, basement, who cares about the basement? Why are we going to be in the basement? That nah, it doesn't matter. Um so anyways, day 4 hits and we're like, "All right, what do we do, man?" <laughs> like, it's like cloudy. It's it's a little overcast. Like we've already been to the beach. The beach has lost its, you know, uh t- beachiness, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, like that sort of thing, you, you know, like you, you get tired of the beach. You don't realize, you, you don't really think that you would do that, but it happens. And so here's what happened. We got tired of the beach day four. They went out, they were shopping and eating and, and visiting some places, and it was cool. Uh, and and we, were, we were there by ourselves. So we went to the basement, all right? So we get to the basement, we open the door, and here sits two mopeds, Two beach mopeds, okay? And we're like, this is our afternoon. Like, this is what we're doing. Like, two high school dudes riding mopeds. Kind of sounds lame, but it was fun. Um, and uh, so here, okay, we didn't ride the same moped, so this is a disclaimer, but we did take a picture. It's kind of odd. Um, but here's a picture of the, the, the moped that we rode. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, this is, that's my best friend, Jordan, and... <laughs> Yeah, so that was the bikes that we were on. They were, they were awesome, um, but here, I want you to look at this. Look at this bike. You see that back compartment? You're gonna want to remember that. Okay. So we were we were cruising down the beach, right? It was awesome, and all of a sudden, he, Jordan was in front of me, my best friend. He was in front of me, and, and all of a sudden, I see this guy bottom out, like he just bottoms out, and like the sidewalk ends and, like, you know, he flails his, like, feet out, and, like, he's trying to stop this thing. I was, like, oh, no. Like, I thought everything was fine. He just, like, hit a bump or something, but literally this thing, like, dropped off like a foot, and so I, I stopped, and, like, I went around because I, I, he, obviously, (laughs) that wasn't right, you know, and, uh, Anyways, so I, he, he gets off the bike and he's like freaking, like he's like panicking, right? And he's like, dude, he's like, I, I, hit a, I, hit, I, I, I fell off this thing or whatever. And, and uh, the, the pieces, there, there's pieces that flown off the back. And so this, on the back compartment, it, it like shattered. I was like, oh no, like, great. And in that moment of like, Troy, our small group leader came back and he was just like, remember to ask me before you use anything in the basement this was probably one of the things that he would not allow us to, to do, right? Or drive. Yeah, this was probably it. So here we are. We're, he's, like, he's like looking for the pieces in the sand, like trying to grab everything that he can. And we like jet back to the house, okay? I run up to the kitchen and I, from the good Lord above, find super glue. I do not know how that super glue is in a beach house or why. Maybe for that sole purpose, but... <laughs> Here's the thing. I run down, back down to the basement, and we try to super glue this thing back together. We try to cover it up. We try to cover up the mess, right? And, and, and we park him, and we, we get out of there, and, and we just go to the beach, right? Next day, <clears throat> Troy, small group leader, he, 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 he says, hey, Chase and Jordan, come down here for a second. We're like, ah, every, every, like, everything he says, we're on edge. Um, he's like, hey, come look at this with me real quick. Okay, he takes us down to the basement. Um, just so you know, Troy, he's very attentive to detail. And uh, he checked out these mopeds before day one, like he looked them over. And uh, he was like, hey, uh, I see that this, there's a crack in this uh, compartment in the back right here. He's like, you guys know anything about that? We're like, no, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I have no idea. You, Jordan, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Uh, he was like, oh, that's interesting. He was like, I, I thought I've passed you guys on, on the strip. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, okay, we, we did it. <laughs> you know, it was like that moment of like, oh, thank you. You know, it's over. Both all that to say, I think we try to clean up the messes that we make or the mess in our life, the sin in our life. We, that, that is an instinct for us of like when, when, when something is not right, when, when, when sin enters our life, when mess enters our life, we try to cover it up, right? It's just how it works. And in fact, in the very beginning, I, I want you guys, if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to be in two verses, and those are 6 through 8. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking. We're just gonna read the story of Adam and Eve from the very beginning, and I just want you to see that that you're not alone when your instinct is to cover it up, to hide it. Right? That that's kind of that is just what we do. Genesis three six through eight. It'll be on the screens if you don't have your your Bible. Genesis in the front of the Bible. It's it's like you turn a few pages over and you'll probably be there. I mean, you might pass Genesis three, so. Um, Page three, love it, thanks. I'll, I'll, I'll do that every week. We just, you just give me the page number. All right, sweet. Um, page three, chapter three, six through eight says this. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. How did Adam and Eve respond? There's two words that we can probably relate to. Coverings and hid. So, my question for you tonight is how do you respond? How do you respond to the sin and the mess in your life? I can't necessarily speak for you, but I can speak for myself. I've hid and I've tried to cover things in my life. Now, I hope that, I think it looks a little bit different in 2017. I don't think you guys are, you know, sowing fig leaves together and covering up yourselves, you're naked. I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's, that's how we're, we're covering up the mess these days. Um, but this, it might look like this. It, it might look like deleting your Instagram story. Or it might look like deleting your Instagram history of what you've searched for or your snapchats even though they delete themselves but you're just still trying to cover it up it might be it might be twitter it actually might look like compulsive lying to try to cover up your tracks to continue to try to you know stay out of dodge it might look like deflecting attention or deflecting to other people so that people don't really see who you are, but you, you want people to notice what they did or who, who they are. We try to hide and we try to cover up things in our lives. And what I've come to realize is that we have been, crea- we, we, we have really creative ways of hiding things and trying to cover up things and to clean up things. We, we've become creative at this, and that's not okay. It's become too easy to hide and to make the room to make you look clean. Some of you are really good at it. I was really good at it. But here's what I know, you may and, and, and your friends, that they might not know really what's inside. The dish might look real clean on the outside. And you may be really good at hiding things from your mom and your parents and the people around you, but you can never hide your mess from God. You can never hide your mess from God. And I want to unpack what I mean by that. And, and, and we're, we're going to get a little bit into it. Because I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you about two attributes that you know we we hear and we think that God is present. He's present in all places and and he's God and he sees everything and all this other stuff. But I want to kind of unpack and explain that to you real quick. Okay? In Proverbs it says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place watching over good and evil. We we kind of heard we've we've heard that in church, right? We know we know that God's everywhere, he's, he's kind of present, he's you know. He's with us, that sort of thing. But here, here's what I wanna share with you tonight. It's two words, two attributes of God that I think can unpack this a little bit more and help us understand. And the first one is omnipresence. Definition will be on the screen. This refers, this refers to God being present everywhere in creation at the same time. You cannot escape, <laughs> okay? Like he, he is with us, he is here, he is there. He's everywhere, And I love the the second sentence of this. It says, perhaps omnipresence, it, it, it suggests more correctly that all things are present to God. That makes more sense to me. Like when I read that, the mess, the sin, the things that we struggle with and deal with, they are present to God. You can't hide that from him. He knows. So nothing in the universe lies beyond understanding or care of God. There's some hope there, Right? The second word is this. Omniscience. Omniscience means that all events are present to, to the divine mind. That is, God has direct understanding of everything in creation. He knows. And he's there. But here's what I don't want you to, here's what I don't want you to, to, to get hung up on. Because I think that that, that we, you know. We, we, we sometimes separate God from, from our mess. Like he's looking down on us, he's like, man, like, and we feel like we have to clean it up, right? And so if I could sum up those two, those two words in this statement, here's what it would be. God not only sees your mess, but he is present in your mess. I want you to see the hope in that. Because there is hope that God not only sees your mess, sees your struggle, sees the things that you're dealing with, but he's present there. He is with you. He's with you from the very beginning and he's not gonna leave you. And he's actually there for you. So let's continue this. You see, I don't think that Adam and Eve, their, their sole goal was to, to fall, right? To, to make all humanity suffer from, from their mistake. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't their like, that's what I'm gonna do, you know, today I'm gonna eat the apple. That, that wasn't their, their intention, right? And I don't think falling is in our plans either. I don't think falling is in our plans either. And here's what I want you to know. Because I care about you and, and, and I know that you're, you, some of you are in this place because I've been there. You see, the problem—the problem with hiding your sin and your mess—is that it will eat at you. It will eat you alive. It leaves us feeling defeated. It, it leaves us feeling unresolved. It brings guilt and it brings shame. It's exhausting as you guys try to continue to cover up and try to clean up the mess, you start to feel these things. But maybe it's because you were never meant to create, you were never meant to clean or cover up the mess. I have so many people. I've talked to so many people in my, in my, in, in my years in, in ministry, like I've been a pastor for 25 years, no. Um, but I, it, It's like I've I've talked and I've had conversations with people who are frustrated. They're just frustrated because they continue to try to clean up and cover up their mess. And I'm gonna tell you something. Do you know why they do that? Because they have an identity crisis. They have an identity crisis that they think that they have to clean up the mess. They have to clean and cover up. How many of you have ever felt exhausted with the mess? Yes, you felt exhausted with the mess. And here we have this cycle that we we get sucked into. The mess, we try to clean it up. If that doesn't work, we try to cover it up. And then we're back to the mess. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, we gotta break the cycle. Here's, here's what we know. Here's what we know. Our identity drives our activity. We've been talking about it for three weeks. Our identity drives our activity. You know that. But here's also what I want you to know. When Jesus is our identity, our activity with the mess changes. When Jesus is our identity the activity with the mess changes. I'm gonna say it this way. When Jesus becomes our identity, it's no longer about our mess, but it's about his message. When when Jesus becomes our identity, it's no longer about our mess, but it's about his message. You hear that? When Jesus becomes our identity, his message, I think I can sum up in three things. And here's what they are. The first one is this. When your identity is in in Jesus, his message is that you are clean. You are clean. And you are not clean because you you have cleaned up yourself. Because I'll just be honest with you. I think we can all be honest with ourselves. The mess in your life, it's too big for you to clean up. Your identity is not what you do to make yourself clean, but it's what Jesus has already done. Here's what I mean by that. His message is that you are clean. Over 2,000 years ago, Christ came to this earth. He died on the cross. He was resurrected from the grave. And because of that, you are clean. And when you rest in the identity of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you are clean. He, he's the cleaner. You're not. You hear that? He's the clean. You are not. He has taken and he, he has sacrificed himself to clean up your sin and your mess. You are Clean. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Isaiah says this. Isaiah 1:18 says, "Come now, let us settle the matter," says the Lord. "Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool." You don't clean up what has already been cleaned up. You don't clean up what's already been cleaned up. Number two of this message, when your identity is rooted in Jesus, you are new. You are new. When your identity is rooted in Jesus, his message is that, that you are clean, but you are also new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The new has come and the old is gone. You see, sometimes I think in life that, that we, when we accept Jesus and when we have a relationship with him, we realize that we're clean, but, but then all of a sudden we, we, we get in this, we sometimes get back into this cycle and, and, and let me tell you something, grace is not a license to sin. Grace is not a license to sin. You see, in this moment, when, when, when we are new, the old has, has gone and the new has come through the resurrection and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And the beauty of that, you are new, God no longer sees your sin, but he sees his son. When your identity is in Jesus Christ, God no longer sees your sin, but he sees his son. Can I get an amen? amen. Come on. Isn't that, that is like, yes. Because guess what that means? You no longer have to think that you have to clean up the mess. God's already done that. You are clean, you are new, and guess what? The third is, you are free. You are free. No matter what you've done, no, no, no matter the things in your past, when your identity is rooted in Jesus, you are free. Romans 8 one says, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those of you who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin. H12, you are free. The the bondage of sin no longer has you. Okay? Because I think when we when we get caught up in the mess and we get caught up in this cycle. We're in shackles, man. But when your identity is rooted in Jesus, you are free. Here's what I want you to know. You are cleaned, and you are covered. We serve a God who loves you, and who is there for you, and who has made a way for you, and has taken the mess, and the sin in our life, and he has given us hope, and he's given us a future. When Jesus is your identity, you are clean, you are new, and you are free. And here's what I want tonight to be. Man, I, wanna, I want that to be a celebration, uh, that, that we serve a God, that you no longer have to have an identity crisis and, 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 and be in this cycle of thinking that it's all up to you because you have a savior. And tonight I want, as the band comes up and as we, we we're gonna end with a song and it's called Unstoppable God. And, and here's the thing, if, if God has just prompted you in, in tonight in this message, um, salvation call or anything of that nature but we just want to take this time uh, to reflect on the words that we're going to sing and, and, and what but if the leaders will, will kind of be in the back of them or, or, or you need to, to ask them some questions man they are there for you and, and if you feel like hey man I want Jesus in my life I'm sick of having an identity crisis I want Jesus to be my identity then you need to talk to somebody because if 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 you have an identity crisis, or if you don't understand that 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 you are you are clean, you are new, and you are free when your identity is in Jesus, then we we failed this series. So if you would, would you just stand with me as we conclude tonight? And, and let's just reflect and, and let's just celebrate that, that we have hope in the mess. That, that God sees the mess, but he's also present in the mess. And you guys can walk out of here confident that you have a God who loves you and that who's, who's by your side.